going through the pregnancy process. And there's so much pain, but, and it's funny that the pain precedes the joy. And I think there's a lot that God can speak to us on that idea, that pain precedes joy. And so I think it's important that we, we really, um, and I'll just uh, be the corny person this morning, it's important that we fathom pain, we understand pain in our life and the process of pain, the process of healing, and, what, and really what Jesus has to say to that. Um, all of us have experienced that pain. I, I love how C.S. Lewis said it in The Problem of Pain, his book. And he said that creatures come into this world causing pain, um, and then they live this life inflicting pain, and many times we die in pain. Pain is not something that one person experiences, but it's something all of us experience. I, I kind of jokingly sent out a tweet uh, through social media this week um, that just said, look, if, you've, uh, if you're in pain, you've ever been in pain or ever going to be in pain, you don't want to misfathom because it's all of us. We're always going to have some sense of pain. It's important that we know like, what the Bible says about that because if not, it can really spin us into uh, some kind of tailspin spiritually. And so we're going to dive into Scripture and I think just have some real clarity on what, uh, on what God has for us today. Um, and, and to do this, I, I want to take two scriptures that I think are, have uncanny similarities. Um, one is a psalm, and the, the other, um, you know, more of a poem style, and the other one is Jesus in the garden. And that's where we're going to start, is Jesus in the garden. As we just kind of begin the journey to the cross, we'll be more looking at the kind of the trials, arrests, and, and crucifixion next week, and then uh, Easter, of course, we'll be looking at, at the resurrection. That's what that day is about. So um, that's what we'll be looking at. So let's go to Mark chapter 14. Mark is a really um, cool gospel because he talks a lot about miracles and, and, and he he's kind of spends the most time on the journey to the cross. He uses like several chapters to just kind of span out uh, Jesus' journey to the cross. So we're going to get, begin with Mark chapter 14. I'm just going to read this straight through, kind of make a few comments, and, and then we'll kind of begin to unpack it as we go along. They, meaning the disciples, went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him. You guys remember the talks about the inner circle the past few weeks. And he began to be uh, deeply distressed and troubled. My soul, this is Jesus talking, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said, Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's kind of funny. The first time he just tells them to keep watch. And then after they fall asleep, he's like, look, just pray. Just like, just stay awake, you know, just stay awake with me. If you can't do it, like, you know, pray. Like, it'll maybe keep you awake because when I come back, if you're sleeping again, so help me, God. No, um. Uh, but he tells him to pray. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. You know, let this cup pass from me. When he came back, he fa- again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They didn't know what to say to him. Like, yeah, because Jesus was mad. You fell asleep again. And they're like, yeah, Jesus, see what had happened? My eyes were heavy. Like all those fish and loaves got me so tired, you know. And their eye, my eyes were heavy. They didn't know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said, are you still sleeping and resting? 
enough, the hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. There's a few things I want to say before we dive into kind of um, just unpacking all of this today in our current context and our own pain. Um, the first is that Jesus like felt pain to the point of death. Like that's how, how much he felt pain. It's, he's like, I feel like I'm going to die. And I don't know if you've experienced that kind of feeling in your life, but I've certainly had moments where I, my heart hurt so badly that I didn't know what was happening, but it felt like my heart would, would just stop. Um, the, the second thing, I think that uh, we often forget Jesus felt this struggle between flesh. He was fully human. I think it's important that he's not half human, half like superhero or something. He's fully human, fully divine. So he, he fully feels the emotions that we experience. I, I heard one of my uh, uh, professors one time put it like this. It was like Jesus was seen with two different lenses at the same time. He had a clear picture of what the Father wanted, but there was he was fully flesh. He was fighting the, the same spiritual battles that we engage. The difference is that he was perfect in all of them so that he would be a perfect sacrifice for us, you know. Um, and, and then I think that the third thing that, that we, we have to see here about Jesus is that he felt every single type of pain. There's lots of different types of pain. I mean, there's physical pain. He was beaten. He was tortured. He felt your pain. When he fasted, he was hungry. When he walked a lot, he was tired. He felt our pain. And so if you're exhausted, Jesus knows. If you feel like you're, you're uh, emotionally, he felt emotional pain. If, if you feel that, he had the weight of the world on his shoulders. His heart felt like it was just going to stop and die. To the point of death, it's his own words. I mean, relationally, he had friends betray him. He, he, he had people deny that he was, you know, even followers of him. He felt the relational tension he got in arguments with his mom and dad at times. He, he felt those relational tensions, and he fought the spiritual battle here. Not my will, but yours be done. So it's important to understand that Jesus has experienced every single type of pain that, that, and suffering that one could experience. And, and the reason Jesus does this is not only to know it, but to know us. Jesus experiences and suffers pain not just to know it, but to know us. In this very moment or another time in the future, in the past, he knows it. He, he knows what we're going through to experience those things. Um, and, and so it's important to kind of like let those set us up for, for uh, the, the next kind of engagement um, that we're going to do uh, with not only this text, but another text that I think has a, a, a very interesting similarity, and that's Psalm 23. It's one that we many times will run to, and, and honestly, I I don't know that I've ever actually taught on Psalm 23, but I think it's, it's amazing how many similarities it kind of comes out of this because it, it talks a, about pain and what God does in this season. And so just to kind of set us up kind of uh, for points, if you're a note taker, you know, want to jot some things down in your Bible or, or, or your phone. Well, okay, we're, whether you're in a painful season now, you've experienced one in the past, or, or you'll experience one in the future, it's important for us to know what to do in these seasons. And, and so that's kind of how we're going to set up today is in the middle of a painful season, the first thing is you've got to escape to hear God's voice. We, we live in a society that there's a lot of noise. 
There's visual noise. There's, I mean, sometimes in my house, it's like crazy. Like, I, I can't remember the exact phrasing you used last night, but I was trying to uh, stream the Gator game. So, like, pain's at a whole nother level t- today. It's like, um, my Gators lost last night. It was painful. Um, it's a good year, though, right? Let's give it up for the Gators. Can't even get a golf clap in here, man. We are in Florida, right? Like, Weird. Um, but it's crazy in, in our house sometimes I have the TV going and my son l- loves to l- listen and dance to music so music will be going and then we're trying to have a conversation and we've got a you know, six month old crying like noise is present in our house like the only time it's, it's not present is I don't know I think it's always present it's when we're not home that's when noise is absent from our house um, and, and especially in painful seasons like Everything becomes harder to hear and understand because pain makes it tougher to reason. It makes it tougher to see clearly, sometimes through tears, sometimes through whatever is right in front of us. That's all we can deal with and handle. And and so we see a great example with Jesus here that he, he kind of sets everything aside and even tells people to keep watch for him, lets them in on what's happening, and he escapes for a moment of silence with God. Um, and, and some of us, just with all the voices around, all the noise, we're hearing a lot of voices, but maybe we're not hearing God's voice. And I, and I think it's, it's important to get a clear understanding of this, because I think many in, in seasons of pain will push everyone away, um, and, and that's not what we see from Jesus here. We, we see a moment of, of escape, and the truth of the matter is that you can escape to hear God's voice wherever you're at. Like you, you don't have to go into a, a, a garden all by yourself, but certainly I think there is a discipline of listening to God's voice. And it's only in the times of pain that like, oh, I need something now. But if we haven't disciplined ourselves to listen for that voice, we'll still have trouble hearing it at those times. We'll still have trouble hearing it. But if we've disciplined ourselves and practice that, and it's a normal practice, like the only time um, if the, the only time we ever listen for God's voice is when we're in a corporate environment, the only kind of relationship we have with God is corporate, then it's going to be difficult to hear his voice in private when it's just one-on-one because we haven't practiced those things. And, and so I think in Jesus, he was always had this relationship with the Father. I mean, the, the, the tightest you can be, Father, Son, fully God, fully human. Uh, you know, and so that was practicing. So it wasn't hard for him to escape for this moment. And so whether that's at work and it's a stressful situation, you just need to escape for just a moment, you know, know, go into the bathroom and cry or whatever it is. Um, Whatever that might look like, don't push everything away, but practice it on a daily basis. Practice the presence of God. Practice um, just conversation with Him. And for those of you that are new to, uh, to church, to Christianity, to a relationship with uh, with the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, like, just talk, like, just, just be yourself. It's not going to shock Him. Um, just be honest and, and, and know that um, it's not all about talking. Most of the time, it's about listening. It's just about listening, just quieting the noise and listening. And so I would just ask you, like, what would that look like for you to learn to discipline yourself on a daily basis. Because everything else is in your schedule, right? Everything else is in your routine. Like, when do you brush your teeth in the morning? 
some, or, or you, know, um, you know, like my son, for some reason, I don't know why, but he's just on a schedule where we just, we brush his teeth at night. I know he has funky breath during the day, but like we brush it at night and we're not always doing it in the morning. Um, everybody does their showers differently. Some do it in the morning, some do it at night. But where in your schedule is just a time to escape and just practice the presence of God? Because there's going to be a day, whether, whether right now, which we do need it now, um, or, or in the future, where you're, you're not going to have anything else. And you'll be like, where are you now, God? And we'll look at him like, where are you? And, and I think even now, even when things are great, um, God may be asking what he asked Adam and even in the garden, where are you? I'm here. Come to me. Don't be ashamed. I think that leads us right into our next point. In the middle of a painful season, not only must you uh, must escape to hear God's voice, I think the, the, the other thing is you've got to be honest with those closest to you. And, and this is really where we miss it a lot of times. We, we see Jesus here. Oh my goodness, I, I skipped the uh, Psalm passage. Let's go there. Let, let's go back. Take a step back. Uh, go to Psalm, Psalm 23, verses one, in, um, 1, 2, and 3 here. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. We see this, this picture of, of, of David just saying, Lord, He's the shepherd. He leads us to places like when our hearts are, are, are overwhelmed. Just know that he provides for us in every season and that he wants to lead us to a green pasture. I, I love that visual because that's not something many of us experience very much in our time. It's to just be led to a quiet green pasture beside a, like a stream. Um, like that, that's a really beautiful picture that many times we can't experience, but um, I, I love, there's this little park around the corner from our house, and, and it's like nothing you'll really see in the city. It's just a completely open, desolate park. Um, there's a train track that runs beside it, and there's houses that surround it, but all the tree lines, you can't see any of those houses. And it's just beautiful, and, and it, that's kind of the place I go to in my brain of just like being led in this kind of quiet pasture. Uh, and that's the place where he refreshes our soul, as the psalm says. So uh, put that in your schedule. Like just, you know, have that place of refreshing. I've heard it called the discipline of rejuvenation. Like where, where are you disciplined? Where is that in your schedule? The second thing I think is we've got to be honest with those closest to us. And that's something we see Jesus do here um, in a very transparent way. I, my soul is overwhelmed to the point of death. Like I'm stressed. Like, but this, this goes against everything that we've really learned. Like, some of our families, some of our moms and dads, are, we're fantastic at this. Some less fantastic. Some of them fought everything in front of you, and you experienced that. And all we saw was the arguing, but many times we didn't see the pain of why they were arguing. You know, um, and many times, what I, it's funny because um, the ability to reason causes mental suffering. The ability to reason. And, and, and it causes more stress in us because we can kind of work things out in our brain, right? We'll deal with it ourselves. I'm the world's worst at that. Like, I'll figure this out and then, like, then I'll tell everybody how I figured it out, right? And then I'm kind of on top, right, at that point. But Jesus gives us an example of just humility in his own pain to be honest. This pushes against everything we as humans 
do naturally, which is hide. What did Adam and Eve do in the garden? They hid. Jesus said, where are you? And they, they, they were hiding. It's everything that comes natural because we think that being honest about the pain or, or the sh- will just cause more shame, will just cause more pain because of how they view us. But unless we're willing to be honest, we'll never be free. Unless we're willing to, to kind of put it out there, we'll never understand and experience freedom. There's a powerful scripture that just says, confess to one another, and, and basically through it, you'll know healing. If we want to be free, we've got to learn to be honest. And for some of us, that, that's a bigger challenge than anything else. Because we feel like we've got so much to lose. Because we don't want people to view us differently. We, one of my favorite excuses that I use the most is, I don't want to burden them. They have enough on their plate. Right? And that, that's one that I often use. I don't, I don't want to do that. They've got so much going on. And it's just an excuse for us to not be in the light. But Jesus wants to be in a, us to be in the light. And, and, and maybe you don't have a whole lot of people close to you. Um, maybe there's not a pl- lot of uh, places where you feel safe, but I, I want to encourage you this. Be intentional about those environments. Almost more than anything else in this world, you need to be intentional about that. Let me just go ahead and lay all the cards out there. I, I'm not speaking today as a guy who's um, perfectly whole in every way, shape, form, or fashion. I, I'm a guy that's experienced a lot of pain. Um, when we start, before we started uh, to plant this church, I talked to a lot of church planters, and the look in their eyes should have scared me, but it didn't, because I was full of passion and full of excitement for what God was going to do in your lives here in Jacksonville. I didn't know you yet, but I knew he was going to do something incredible. Um, and uh, we, we went on this journey, uh, and it's just been an incredible year, about year and a half, two years since we moved here. Uh, April 23rd will be two years since we moved into the city. And, uh, you know, we were just trucking along, and, and, and for months and months, I, I would kind of suffer a blow, whatever that might be. I, I never had, like, personal attacks, haven't experienced uh, um, uh, any of that, to be honest. Um, but there's just kind of some pain that comes with the territory. As moms, when you, you, you bear a child, there's pain that comes with the territory. As fathers, there's pain that comes with the territory. You've got to take the trash out. You've got to, you know what I mean? There's, there's pain that comes with it. So again, guys, it doesn't, doesn't even measure up to the, what the ladies go through. Um, but there's pain that comes with territory. And so I, I'd kind of encountered a lot of that. And uh, the truth of the matter is that I, I wouldn't deal with it. But after we got through our first year, I, I began to joke with some of my um, planting friends. I'm like, I feel like I need grief counseling of some sort. Um, I need to allow God to heal me. And in uh, the past few months, it has just been uh, one of those painful seasons for me. Again, no one's attacking me. There was like no one that was like hurting me personally. Just a lot of pain, a lot of emotional ability to reason causes mental suffering. Again, thinking too much for my own good. And uh, in these past uh, few weeks, past month, I've talked to more people about my pain um, than, than I have this entire journey. I didn't need to talk to less people. I needed to talk to more people. Every single day. If someone's not calling me, I'm calling them. 
And, and for a couple of weeks, it was like every single day this conversation was happening. Not because they needed to hear it, but because I needed to be in, in the light. You got to be honest with those closest to you if you want to be free, if you want to be healed. Confession is good for the soul. You've heard that before. It comes from the Bible, believe it or not. So um, let's look at the Psalm passage here. Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the darkest valley or the valley of shadow of death, as many translations put it, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And see, there's this idea of a shepherd, again, that's going through this passage of a rod of staff comforting us. And, and, you know, so many times in Scripture, when fear comes up in one, like in, in the beginning of the sentence, you are with me comes up in the rest of the sentence. There's something powerful about that. We have to understand that when those fears and those pains, like it, it's his presence that casts those out, that he comforts us. And the truth of the matter is that as the body of Christ, we are knit together and we're here to encourage one another. Rejoice when others rejoice, weep when others mourn, when others mourn. There's this real sense of we're not allowing each other to be the body of Christ because we're too busy hiding. Like We're not, we're not even open for ourselves to get a chance to heal because we're not willing to be honest. And I think this, this has to change because God is always with us. He's always present, but many times he wants to use the person sitting next to you. He wants to use the person sitting around you. He wants to use them because frankly, if you're in a time of pain, how much good does it do many times when someone's like, yeah, God's there with you, man. Talk to you later. Hope things get better, dude doesn't often do the trick for me. I need my wife just to hold my hand. I, I, need, I need a brother to call me and be like, how are you doing, man? I just need to pour my heart out. Sometimes it just, I just need the physical presence of Jesus through somebody else. I need the touch of his Holy Spirit through somebody else's hug. And when we push ourselves away and we're not honest with one another, we never experience that. We never have the comfort of his rod and his staff, which may be someone in this room that may be his rod and his staff. We never get to experience that. The painful seasons, we've got to be honest with those that are closest to us. The third thing here, um, and if the band will come as, as I'm uh, closing here, is, is you've got to learn to pray hard, honest prayers. It's really tough to heal. Last week, man, it was a busy, busy week with, um, with Here for Good, and I was kind of running around scrambling, and, and those of you that might have been here a little bit early, uh, Beckett, you know, he's a three-year-old, so he, he, um, he scrapes his knees a lot, like his knees look like we're abusing him, but I promise we're not. Um, he just trips a lot, and like he's uh, like awkward figuring out, it'll probably be till high school, till, or after, till he gets out of that awkward stage. It starts really early, but um, his knees are just all kind of banged up and, and, and scraped. And he, a few weeks ago, he had a really bad one. And so the scab had formed on it. And, um, you know, just over time, that scab's going to come off. And man, does it hurt when it does. And, and those are the hard, honest prayers, I think, that many times we're having to pray is in those times when the scab's coming off and the real healing's going to happen after that, you know? 
It's going to bleed a little bit more. It's going to sting for a few more minutes. But then the real healing will, will complete. And I think that's what we see in Jesus as he prays. And God, in his hard, honest prayers, God, let this cup pass from me. Let it pass, God. Like, I'm, oh, I'm literally over this season. Like, I know you're trying to teach me something. I know I didn't do anything to deserve this, or I did do something to deserve this. Or I, I led myself into this place, but God, let it pass from me. Like, I'm just over it. And the hard, honest prayer, that, that's the honesty part. The hard part is, yeah, not my will, God, but yours be done. And you got to have both. If you look at the Psalms, like there's a lot of Psalms. There's 150 Psalms. Poetry and just worship to God, songs to God. 70% of them are filled with what we know as lament or complaining. 70% of them. What if we just stopped complaining to one another and just started complaining to God? but ended our prayer the same way Jesus prayed his. Yet not my will, but yours be done. It hurts, like, it hurts God, like the scabs come off, but I want to be whole. And like, do whatever you have to do in me to, to make me whole. Not in the spiritual sense, but in the physical sense. It's all, it's all there together. I tell people all the time, I, I calculate everything, and, and I, I, that whole, the ability to reason causes mental suffering is, I feel like a lot of my pain. Um, but I, I certainly have come to experience the freedom in, in being honest and to pray hard prayers. And some of the things that you may just be going through now is a prayer you prayed a long time ago. God, I want to be whole. And you're in the middle of a season and God's making you whole through it. He wants to make you whole through it. He wants to heal you through it. Whether it's physical, whether it's spiritual, emotional, relational, like God can breathe into that. I believe that he can. It doesn't always happen in our time. It doesn't always, actually it rarely happens in our time, if ever. It, it rarely happens in the way that we thought it would go. So just any expectations you have, just set them on fire and let them explode. Just let them. You'll be better off. We'll all be better off. Just let them blow up. And just say, God, not my will. Yours be done. And the whole future, the whole past can be made whole and the future can be bright because it's not our will, but it's his. The safest place that we can be is in the will of God. And the only way to stay in the will of God is just through obedience. Safest place to be is in the will of God. The way to stay in the will of God is obedience. Life gets real easy when we grab a hold of this right here. It does. I mean, not, not, not easy. Easier. We just grasp that. The only thing I got to do is just be obedient. Be in connection. Stay in the vine. Stay in Christ. Stay in love. That's the only thing I've got to say in his body. That's all I've got to be responsible for is, is obedience and, and I'm going to be in the will of God and, and be safe in that. Let's look at the psalm. Let's wrap up the psalm. Psalm 23. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You just need to know that his goodness and his mercy is following you all the days of your life. And just make a choice today to walk in obedience and relationship, to practice the presence of God, to be in real honest relationships that can really create some freedom for us. And we'll be in the, we'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I just get a real sense that, that God wants to anoint some of our heads with oil. He wants to, us to be in, in his presence today. He wants us to, to not just come into his house, but to dwell in his house. What would that look like for you this week? Tomorrow, the day after that? Like, what would that look like within your busy schedule? to just dwell in the house of the Lord. To walk in obedience. To know freedom through honesty. And I don't know about you, but I'm desperate to just be in his house. Not this building. I went in his house where he dwells. And so we've all got pain. If you haven't yet, you will. Um, if you're not, if you didn't right now, you probably did yesterday. And, and so in the next few moments, we're going to have just a time of encounter with God, a, a time of reflection and response to exchange our pain for the pain that, that he bore and the healing that he has for us, no, no matter what that looks like. Um, over the next few moments, there's a, a cross that's propped up here, and uh, under many seats, uh, if not the seat under you, but the seat around you, um, you'll find a little piece of paper, um, and I just encourage you to grab it. Just everybody, just grab one next to you. It's under your seat. It's under the seat next to you. You may have to find a row around you that has one. There's a pin close by in the seat in front of you. And I'd love for you to just take a moment. Let's do some, we're doing some baby steps before you have to be honest with everybody else. Let's just be honest with ourselves and, and God. Let's come out of hiding with God, okay? And, and just act like God's asking us the question, where are you? Like, and I just want you to take a few moments. They're not gonna sing for a few minutes. It's just gonna be a spiritual moment with us together. I just want you to write down Maybe a pain that God's brought back to the surface that you haven't thought about in 20 years. Maybe a pain that happened this week and, and you just can't get over it. Your, your mind won't stop turning. Maybe everything's great. Just write down a prayer for someone next to you or, or write down just, uh, just whatever kind of pain or suffering that, that it is that God's dealing with you on right now. I just want you to write that down uh, in these next few moments and I'll give you instructions on what we're going to do after that. As you begin to write those down, 
Uh, in just a few moments, I'm going to open the tables um, for communion. And I'm also going to open just time for prayer. There'll be a prayer partner uh, in, on the sides of both of these walls here in just a few moments when we open the tables. Uh, and I encourage you, just whatever pain's written on there, just to come at- attach it to the cross. Um, and that's not the end of it. It's very important that uh, you make an exchange. Written on these cards are just scriptures of healing and peace that maybe God wants to speak to you specifically. They're all, most of them are different. That You know, there's very, you know, there's just a few repeats, but um, there's all kinds of things God has, and, and maybe God's just going to speak to you very individually or allow it to speak through you this week. And so I'm just going to throw these all over this ground, and in a few moments after I pray, just going to open up a time for prayer for the table, and for an exchange of your pain for his healing today. Um, and just know that, um, that God's going to do something awesome in these next few moments as we just allow him to speak to us and we come out of hiding. Say, God, here I am. Here I am. Not my will, God, but yours be done. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this moment that we share together. I thank you for brokenness. I thank you for pain and suffering, God. (laughs) It's hard to say that sometimes because I know it makes me more like you. God, for someone in the room that that can't pray that prayer right now, I thank you know, to, to pray, God, just thank you for suffering. I pray it for them. Thank you for it, God, because you're making them more like you, because you suffered it all. Help us to experience your grace, your mercy, and healing, and victory that you've accomplished at the cross. You've accomplished through your perfect life and, and commission, God, to live it out for us. You felt it not just to know it, but to know us, God. Help us to come out of hiding today. Help us to make the exchange. Thank you for your grace and mercy. God, in these next few moments, as we gather at the table, I pray that, God, our hearts would be pure and humble as we we come to encounter your body and blood broken for us in the body of Christ that we are unified in. We are not separate from, but we are unified in, God, and and we can't separate ourselves from. God, I pray that that encounter would be life-changing. We thank you, in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. There's going to be a prayer partner on either wall. You just come at your pace. They're going to lead us in worship. You just have time of prayer. The tables are open in the back and the front. There's prayer partners. Just attach those, uh, those cards to the cross, and uh, we love you guys. They're all open.